Broadcasting from the Hip Hop Weekly Studios, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Civic Cipher, where our mission is to foster allyship, empathy, and understanding. I am your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am Q Ward. You are tuned in once again to Civic Cipher. Indeed you are. And the holiday spirit is upon us. Indeed. Uh, Merry Christmas. Whenever you whenever you hear this, you've probably already celebrated. Yeah, because we, we so, certainly celebrated too. Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. Um, happy holidays as to not, you know, offend or alienate anyone who is not of the Christian faith. Um, bless all of our listeners, all of our brothers and sisters. And I hope that, you know, it's a, a prosperous time of year for everybody. Yeah. And, and we're looking forward to a prosperous new year around here please continue to ride with us because we have a lot of exciting things in store but before we get there we have a very uh i don't want to say exciting show but you know an interesting show in store for you so stay tuned because we are going to be discussing the man behind the efforts to uh, well the movement that has been in place to bring about equity to black and brown and marginalized individuals in this country. You are such a fair journalist. <laughs> such a journalist. You know what I mean? You are, man. Well, you you need to race with which. I'm uh, cutting you off, but man, it just touched my heart. The, we'll break them down. We'll get there. My, my <laughs> son is going to spend so much time with his Uncle Ramses because he has so much in the way of character that I want my kid to have, man. Man, I appreciate that. You won't go wrong. Wow. But like I said, stay tuned because we're going to tell you all about this gentleman named Ed Bloom. We're also going to be gentlemen, man. We're going to also talk about uh, SRO officers, student resource officers, and how they are problematic in schools with some really um, interesting examples to share with you. But first and foremost, we are going to discuss, as always, some Ebony Excellence. Today's Ebony Excellence brought to you by Actively Black. There is greatness in our DNA, activelyblack.com. This story comes from trackandfieldnews.com. Not back, but better. It was a season of rebirth and resurgence for Sha'Carri Richardson, who stormed her way to the top of the world championship podium in the 100-meter dash in a campaign that won her honors as our U.S. Woman Athlete of the Year. Her 22 season, however, was one of frustration. Moments of extreme speed mingled with disappointment. She blistered dashes of 1073 and 1085 leading up to nationals, then failed to make the finals in the 100 or 200. She only broke 11 once that year, a 1093 in Brussels, but that was just good for fifth. The 23, the, the 23 campaign, however, would be astonishingly different. Only once in 16 efforts at 100 meters heats and finals did she run slower than 11 flat after a season opener four by one leg at texas relays she put the world on notice in her first test in the hundred running a 10.75 heat and a 10.57 final in miramar florida on april 8th a month later she got on the legal list with a 10.76 win at doha in the diamond league suddenly the 23 year old dallas native was back to being the woman to beat in the 100 looking ahead to the olympic year richardson remains committed to running 200 in addition to the 100. I want to be a competitor, not one of those athletes who just runs the 100. I'm a one and two runner. I want you guys to see this and I want to bring that out. So I'm excited about next year. That's a quote from Sha'Carri Richardson. Um, She's my favorite athlete in the world of track and field. 
and she is unapologetically Shakari. I love it. Ebony excellence, if I ever saw it. All right. So, as promised, we are going to discuss a gentleman by the name of Ed Bloom. And really, this is, this is a story that you sent to our group chat. So yes, indeed. Give us a little bit of background here, too. Um, this, this is a very, very... Our job and the position that this job puts us in daily, perpetually, requires of us to ingest some of our country's most difficult truths, especially with concerns to people of color, not just black people. Um, and ironically, not just people of color, poor white people as well. Um, having to live a life where the deck is constantly stacked against you. And then you are then placed in a position where you must feel guilty for just responding to that truth, right? You're playing the victim or you're, you know, you're, they found a way to make it a pejorative for you to be the person who has to live at the mercy of those who oppress you full time. Mm. Um, a friend of mine, the reason why this story was, was so personal to me and why I sent it to you is because I, I actually wanted us to provide platform for a really good friend of mine that I went to high school with named uh, Arian Simone. She is the founder or co-founder of the Fearless Fund, um, an organization started to help fund female minority-led businesses. And a gentleman named, I think, Ed Blum, or Ed Blum, I think is his name, has made it his life's purpose to get rid of any initiatives that seek out to help those who are disproportionately affected by oppression, white supremacy, poverty, etc. Um, he has flipped things on their head in a way where <laughs> I think he's calling it or referencing it as reverse racism. Um, those who are getting special assistance just because they've always been the targets of racist white supremacist legislation, uh, bullying, fear-mongering, intimidation. He'd like to make you think that these people are having some type of special benefit program because of their race, gender, and ethnicity. Uh, when it's 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 quite not the opposite, but it's different than the way that it's framed. It, these programs exist similar to affirmative action to kind of give relief to those who live under the boot of white supremacist capitalism and who always have. So that's the reason why this story before it was national news ended up in our text thread because someone who I know and care about was impacted by it. And before it was newsworthy, it was just something wrong that I saw happening to someone that I knew. So let's go ahead and explain who this man is. Uh, share a bit with what you brought here today. Okay. Uh, ACLU. Meet Edward Blum. I hope I'm saying this man's name correctly. It might correctly. be Bloom, but Blum doesn't sound 
But, you know, we don't really care about pronouncing his name right. <laughs> Make no mistake about it. The engineer behind this litigation is intent on sowing divisiveness amongst communities of color in an effort to dismantle diversity programs and civil rights protections that benefit all people of color. Students for Fair Admissions is the creation, <laughs> wow, of Edward. Um, he is not a lawyer, but he has a long history of crafting legal attacks on civil rights. Before I move on, imagine someone making it their life's work to craft legal action against civil rights. And that pause or, or, or moment of emptiness was intentional. Yeah. Because I don't want your imagination to work really hard. It's it's really like just just imagine it's what I say. Yeah. I do not want people to have a fair, equitable life. And I'm going to make it my work to get rid of programs that assist to that end. I'll continue. After losing a congressional election in the early 90s, Blum, who was white, challenged the Texas redistrict redistricting process as discriminating in favor of African-American African and Latino voters. While his success in that case, Bush versus Verg, was limited to particular districts, among his other challenges to the voting rights, Blum was behind Shelby versus Holder. That case gutted important protections in the Voting Rights Act with drastic effects for voters of color. His attacks on laws and policies designed to promote the equality of people of color are not limited to voting rights. Blum also crafted the unsuccessful challenge to race-conscious college admissions programs in Fisher v. University of Texas. Um, I wish that there were not like countless examples of this guy hurt because he lost an election, determining that that was based on the fact that he was white and has since made it his, his life's work and his business to challenge anything that he feels gives an unfair advantage to people of color. Well, as him, if there was a such thing. Well, him getting the Supreme court to uh, overturn the uh, college admission admissions requirements was a big deal for all of us, you know, because again, it reflects the values and the sensibilities of straight Christian healthy white men and it's another step toward this individual creating further creating a world in his image and it also sets a legal precedent right for him to do it again and again and again and again um i want to read more it says failing in fisher blum badly strategized that he needed asian plaintiffs um he formed Students for Fair Admissions as a vehicle to file litigation. The organization's leadership consists solely of Mr. Blum, Abigail Fisher, and Richard Fisher, her father. Those Students for Fair Admissions, Blum recruited members, in quotes, and filed his challenges to college admissions against Harvard and the University of North Carolina with a twist. This time, Blum claims that the consideration of race discriminates against Asian Americans. Ramses, why is that part important? Because um, 
these uh, affirmative action uh, moves done by colleges and really by anyone is meant to bring about, in theory, it's meant to ensure that the ethnic composition of a given body, student body, uh, workplace, you know, um, employees, composition, et cetera, more closely reflects the population and isn't skewed heavily in one direction or another. And so in theory, this would be something that would ensure that there was a proportionate number of Asian Americans um, admitted to Harvard University and what was it, the University of North Carolina, North Carolina as well. And so um, these race-based admissions uh, ensure that everyone has a shot and that, that one race isn't heavily favored over any other races. So that's, that's my best guess as to why it's important. Yeah, and I think he needed non-white allies. Of course, yeah. To further push this idea that there was a new form of discrimination. Mm-hmm. Uh, so instead of framing it as this giving opportunity that didn't exist to students of color, he framed it as this is taking opportunities away from other students of another right. ethnicity, right. which some of these things seem so obviously manipulative that we would hope our legal systems could see through them. But this gentleman is, however, evil, clever. Um, while Blum now purports to represent the interest of Asian Americans, man, it's hard to not. <laughs> I know what you said. Um, none of his goals in litigation have changed. Blum isn't seeking to ensure that universities adequately address an implicit bias against Asian Americans in their admission practices, nor is he asking him to asking him to take other affirmative steps to recognize the value of Asian American applicants. The relief Blum seeks is narrowly focused on what has always been his objective, a prohibition of any awareness of race in college admissions. If Blum gets with his wish, Statistical projections show that white applicants will be the primary beneficiaries. Not talking about race doesn't erase discrimination. It reinforces the privileges of white applicants by ignoring the ways in which deep-seated structural racial inequality impacts individuals. I think this is what I've been waiting for right here. So heads up, affirmative action benefits Asian Americans too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's important. So, to say so his, his um, legal position in recruiting, you know, certain students is to say that maybe these Asian students had certain grades or certain test scores or were qualified or something like that. And that um, Harvard ignored those applicants and sought out black applicants and then those asian applicants were not able to be admitted to harvard so that room could be made for additional black applicants who were as qualified or less qualified this is his uh, his legal um argument in in the courts and 
like you said, Q, um, him basing it around Asian students and not around white students was very clever of him because then it shows, well, this is not working. And we've seen other people in popular society um, suggest that affirmative action and DEI initiatives and so forth and so on is simply trading one form of racism for another. When the fact is that's not true, but it's a convenient thing for them to say because it hits the ear and makes you think, is that true? Which, of course, we know it is absolutely false. But it is the basis of their, their, their brief, their legal brief. And starting the conversation with that point is highly effective because mm-hmm. now something that seemed right before you said it straightforward mm-hmm. now seems confusing and makes even quote unquote decent people question their positioning. Sure. Even when it's obviously the right thing to do. So let's play a game with our listeners. So everybody, everybody here, let's, let's all do the same thing. Let's imagine that we're going to play a game of, Monopoly. Okay, everybody's familiar with Monopoly, okay? Um, and in the game of Monopoly, let's say that Q and I, we both get to start the game of Monopoly. And we get to go around the board five, six times. We get to collect $200 every time. We get to... Um, get all the, uh, the, what are they, uh, apartments and the houses, uh, properties, houses, hotels, hotels, hotels is what they're called. Yeah. So we get all the hotels or we get, let's say we get 80% of the hotels between the two of us. Right. And then after we've gone around the board six or eight times, we say to you, Hey, well, now you can start playing. And for the first couple of laps, let's call this period, uh, Jim Crow, let's call it the black codes. You know, you're only going to get $100 for passing go. Okay. And then for the next couple of laps, um, you can't buy any, any, uh, properties. Okay. Let's call that redlining. <laughs> Funny enough. And then, um, you know, you can't collect on community chest. We'll call that the war on drugs, you know, just the war on drugs, all uh, on, on and on. You, you understand that this country has, uh, done a lot of harm to black people intentionally legally done it was the law of the land okay and let's say after we've gone around the board maybe 12 times or so where you've spent a lot of your money because we owned 80 percent of the um what are they called not apartments hotels okay and you're broke (laughs) and we have everything that we need to clearly win this game Now there's two options. One of them is equal. We say, okay, you know what? We're going to play this game fair. Everybody gets $200 for pass and go. Everybody can get community chest. Everybody can roll with both dice. Everybody can, can play the game fair. Okay. That's equal. Are you going to win with us having 80% of the hotels? Absolutely not. And you know what's even worse? When we compare you to us, why aren't you just like us? 
Why are the, the rates of this in your community so low? Why are the rates of that in your community so low? Compared to who? You? I can give you one answer. Okay, now would you rather have equality? Or I should say it this way. Is equality going to fix your situation? Or is equity going to fix your situation? Now, let me, let me tell you what equity looks like. Equity looks like, okay, let's do some things that allow you to catch up to where we are. Let's get you a third dice to roll. Let's double the amount that you get when you pass go and community chest. Let's make sure that we at least get you a couple of houses to play on the board and get you some property so that you have a sporting chance of reaching a point of equality. That's affirmative action. That's diversity, equity, and inclusion. The really difficult thing with this conversation is it's people versus systems. Mm -hmm. And those that benefit most from the systems do not want to point out the obvious problems with the system. So when you talk about systemic racism, if you're talking about systemic racism at a particular company or country, mm -hmm. like the one that we live in, mm -hmm. those who are a part of that company and or country take that personally and buck against it, and push back against it because they feel like you're coming at them. Mm -hmm. The monopoly experiment being such a great example because the University of California conducted an actual experiment. We talked about that, yeah. Right, where they would rig a game but it wasn't a secret. They would tell both players when the game started. Thank you for saying that. This, it Q. was Go rigged. Go ahead. Right. Say this it. person gets double the money when they pass go mm -hmm. and they get to roll the dice twice. Mm -hmm. Each time the person with all the advantages won. And none of the cases that the person with all the advantages think they won because of the advantages. None of the and cases. That is where we stand here. And that's human. I won because I was better. Right. I was more skilled. Uh, my, my business acumen. I play the game better. Right. Not just for this lucky role. Because they did a coin flip to decide who which was person what? would be the benefactor. Mm -hmm. None of them attributed that coin flip to their success. So I want to say this real quick before we move on. That is a function of human psychology that is, that is not based on a person's whiteness, blackness, whatever. Human beings work that way, right? So just because you're white doesn't mean that you are bad, you know, or, or any of these things. Being human will, will allow you to, to move in that, uh, in, that, in that manner. But knowing it allows you to offset it. And where we are right now is we need to push back against this Edward Blum. I like Blum better. Edward Blum individual and efforts that are similar to his in your workplace with DEI and all that sort of stuff. And of course, on your campuses with affirmative action.